Now back to the Sunday show with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. And we are moving right along this morning on our Sunday show. We have with us at this time Mr. Robert Jones with the NAACP Martin Luther King Jr. upcoming programming. Mr. Jones, are you with us? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Good morning. A good morning to you. Mr. Jones, let's make an assumption that these folks don't know anything about you and, and go ahead and kind of introduce yourself. All right. For those who don't know, I am Professor Robert Jones. I also serve as Dean of Students out of Texas County College. Was born and raised in Hope, Arkansas. Got most of my formal uh, education at Arkansas State University in Jonesboro, Arkansas. And then have worked at several community colleges, Mississippi County Community College, Paris Junior College. And for the last 30 years, I've been at uh, Texas County College. Assistant Dean of Students, so you're not teaching math no more or you got multiple hats? I have multiple hats. (laughs) So basically, I teach math all morning and deal with student issues uh, in the afternoon. Let's kind of begin with uh, the the history of the NAACP, if you don't mind. Um, a lot of young people are probably unaware of some of the people or even the, the, the makeup of the people. Uh, Christians, Jews, blacks, whites. So talk a little bit about the history of the NAACP, if you don't mind. Well, a lot of people don't realize that the NAACP came about as a result of lynchings in the United States. Uh, back in the early it was amazing the number of African Americans who were lynched every week. I mean, it was just getting crazy. And then a group of Americans, both black and white, uh, they got together and met in uh, the Niagara movement. And out of this movement came the idea, well, we need an organization that will start tending to these particular issues. And as a result of that, uh, the NAACP uh, came about, but it wasn't a black organization. It was an organization that was dealing with the main issues of that time, which was the lynching of African Americans. Now, it's real interesting, in the early 1800s, after the NAACP was found, it wasn't but some like 10 years later that uh, a branch was started right here in uh, Texarkana, mm. thanks to uh, John J. Jones Sr., who was a running buddy of A. Macy O. Smith and Thurgood Marshall. Their goal was to go to n- northeast Texas, where these lynchings were rampant, and see what they could do to get it stopped. I remember back, I think, in 1941, there was a lynching in downtown Texarkana where they uh, lynched this black man on this uh, this tower that got a lot of uh, uh, state and national attention, and the NAACP came here. But it was very interesting, other than acknowledging that it happened, it was right, there weren't any formal charges taken. Hmm. All right. Well... Moving forward uh, on that historical significance today, the impact the end of, uh, the NAACP continues to have uh, brings us to the events that are coming up 
can you expound on that? Okay, so this year, one of our goals has been to kind of rebrand the NAACP. Uh, we want it to be a relevant organization. We want it to be accessible. We're trying to build, bring in new uh, people. And I hate to say it, just because the climate of this country, we have more than doubled our membership uh, during this past year. But we've done such things. We have a presence on Facebook. We have a presence on YouTube. We have a website. We have come to the realization that we have to become in tune with the technology and the social media and then start utilizing it to the best of our ability. Because of this, when we start looking at uh, MLK Day, uh, we looked at it and we said too many people sacrificed so much to make this thing a uh, federal holiday. And if we don't recognize it, then probably no one will. Because we would start out with a program on track on Friday. Then we would have the MLK Prayer Breakfast on Saturday. We would have the MLK Gala on Sunday. And then we would have a program at Lone Oak and then uh, the Greater Texas County Branch program uh, at Dunbar on that money. It was a whole weekend full of activities. But as we started talking to folks because of the pandemic, it looked as if there may not be nothing. And it was almost like, no, we have to utilize the expertise of young people and the people who know how to make things happen to set up a virtual program whereby we can continue. Because if we don't observe and celebrate this day, then who will? And so it was really interesting that uh, we started reaching out, and then I got a call from Mr. Harry Dickens, who was in charge of the Lono program. And Harry said, well, Mr. Jones, come over here and let me show you something, because I think that we can come together and pull this program off. And basically, he showed me some of the things that him and his company were doing, and it started from there. And we're trying to make this be that program that people from both sides of the city can come in and appreciate, and it turns out to be relevant to those type of things that are going now. Because this year, the theme is the fierce urgency of now. And, and that says a lot. Because we can't just be happy with the fact that uh, President Biden got elected. There are a lot of things going on right now that we need to look at. In particular, the pandemic, what's happening to our young people as it relates to education. What are we going to do to get these unemployed people employed? And number one, hopefully now people have come to the realization that voting does make a difference. We fight this battle all of the time, especially with young people trying to get them convinced that their vote does matter. Now, you mentioned that the membership nationally doubled in the past year, probably in response to Trump, but, you know, some other reasons as well what about here locally though how are we doing our local chapters do you know well, that's what I, was, I i must have said it wrong the membership locally here oh, okay. oh wow okay now and a lot of that was uh some people volunteered under the leadership of cassandra Rowe 
we started out doing uh, having a community coordination uh, committee, who is their main job was to get out there and let people know what it was that the NAACP is doing. Back in October, we had an open house forum on Zoom where people came. We let primarily young people be in charge of this. And they talked about what it is that the NAACP is doing, the importance of the NAACP, and why they should be a part. We let them know of the different standing committees. Because you may not want to work on everything, but there should be something out there that the NAACP is doing that you have a passion for. We found, found out that basically it's not like a feel a dream and you build it and they shall come. It's almost like you got to go out here and find these individuals, identify what their passions are, and then allow them to work in that particular avenue. Now, when does the NAACP here locally meet and how? Well, we meet every first Saturday. We were meeting uh, at uh, uh, a local church, but since the pandemic has been going on, we've been work, uh, meeting on Zoom. Immediately, we got us a Zoom account. We uh, did the link, and so let all of the members and anyone else be aware of what's going on. But this idea of being accessible to the public has been one of those things that we're looking at because by no means were we going to stop because of the fact that there's still too much that needs to be done. So in speaking of joining in, we are talking this morning about the public here locally joining in on this celebratory cause for uh, MLK Day. Further than that, joining in as far as membership drive, how, when, what, who does one approach that uh, to continue beyond Martin Luther King to be to keep the fire burning? Oh, yes. And like I said, as I mentioned before, we have found out that people say, well, I can't find the NAACP. Now, what we don't know is they can find us. We have an NAACP hotline and probably within a, I want to say, a 200-mile radius. We get calls every day on our hotline. We get hits all the time on our website. People send us messages on our Facebook page. And one of the things about our website, which is what we set all our folks in in regards to membership, you can go to the website right there, all nice and simple, and you can sign up to be a member right there. Although we still try to put out as many uh, paper applications as possible, but we must embrace the technology that's out there today. We had uh, one comment that actually went to some of the talking points from the National NAACP. Uh, Brother Nelson sent them to me. And one of the things that they brought out was that our democracy depends on the continued full enfranchisement of voters. What is your take on that or what are we doing here locally to ensure that everybody has the opportunity to vote? Well, one of the things leading up to every election, we get out here and we do the, it's called G-O-T-D, get out the vote. Uh, the one thing that has been probably one of the biggest uh, irritants to me was that most people for years have assumed that Texas is going to go Republican. And for that, they tend to put their monies in to where they think it would make the biggest difference. 
as of this last year and probably the election before that, we see that Texas has started to become more purple. And so now it's, it's almost like, well, Georgia will first, maybe Texas will be next. And so you begin to see more and more of these type of activities. Uh, the Texas state has uh, filed several lawsuits against some of the practices that uh, they have legislated in regards to the state of Texas. I mean, it just doesn't seem as if we are as forethinking and more considerate as it comes to get people uh, registered and get out the vote. Now, I can say it's pretty easy to get registered in Texas because all it does is you just fill out a little postcard like thing, drop it in the mail, and then you're registered. But we need to be aware of the fact just as easy as it is to get you registered, it's just that easy for you to not be registered. And then this voter ID thing that we're looking at. I mean, uh, we uh, everybody just assumes that it's very easy to get a uh, government ID. But the people need to be aware of the fact you need a birth certificate. And for our seniors, uh, this can be an issue because uh, th- there's no telling where they came from. And following that paper trail to the point where they can get it isn't an easy type of thing. I think that we need to be a little bit more due diligent rather than steady out here fighting folks, we need to be more uh, cognizant of identifying who these folks are because once you see what the rules of the game are, even though you may try to change those rules, you still need to try to comply to them as much as possible. Let me let me ask you this, uh, Professor Jones. Um, and you you mentioned Georgia, and obviously the story there is, is how Stacey Abrams responded to Brian Kemp's disenfranchisement that kept her from the governor's office. And she went out and she built an organization and she encouraged people and she found other leaders. Now, what a lot of people may not know is she's actually one of those youth who was groomed through the NAACP and other activists Correct. to become that person that you see now. Now, in saying all of that. As Texas perhaps moves in that direction, are we doing the same kind of stuff to groom those kind of people? Or can you identify people in Texas who may move us over the hump, so to speak? Well, it's interesting because this past weekend, we just had the Texas State uh, Convention and it was virtual. And at the conclusion of it, uh, it was really interesting that this one gentleman says that his daughter who had just finished working hand-in-hand with Stacey Abram, that she was prepared to move to Texas, and we had got a mega donation from someone that's willing to start funding an effort to do exactly the same thing that they did in Georgia. Now, this is straight off the press, but you can begin looking forward to seeing some of those things that happened in Georgia and the exact same way that they happened in Georgia to start happening right here in the state of Texas, in particular as to how you uh, go back and mobilize all of these young people and then some other issues that have come to the forefront that they noticed uh, in the state of Georgia. But this is brand new. They just announced it. They didn't have a whole lot of details. 
but you can begin to see. And the thing about it, a lot of this, we have a youth and college division. And these young people are motivated. They have the energy. And this is what they're trying to let us be aware of, that as older NAACP members, we need to be mentoring to young people and try to find out where their passion turns out to be. Because if you find a young person that's interested, they will do 110% to try to get things happening. But if you just invite them to a, a meeting and just talk to them, they don't really want to hear a whole lot of talking. They want to see things happening and want to get things done. Professor Jones, I'm almost afraid to ask you another question because uh, <laughs> you got a full, complete answer to everything before we go to break. But I'm going to squeeze this one in. Um, we think about Black Lives Matter. And if you're not alive, alive obviously, your, your life doesn't matter. I bring all that up and I state it like that to say this. The NAACP does have a fitness challenge. And I don't know if we're trying to change our mentality about what we eat and how we prepare it or working out. I don't know. But talk a little bit about the fitness challenge and what that entails. Well, one of the things that the pandemic has shown us, because it has been devastating in low-income and African-American communities, is that we're not taking our health seriously. So a year or two ago, uh, we uh, energized our health committee, which says every year we're going to do something to emphasize health. And so, once again, for the third year, we're going to be looking at this fitness channel challenge. It's going to be coming up in March. And we were trying to figure out what can we do that will be uh, relevant and still emphasize health, but still deal with the uh, guidelines of the pandemic. So, this year, we're going to do a fitness challenge walk, whereby we're going to identify a location, and then we're going to ask people to just come out and walk for an hour or so. Uh, whatever amount of time that you're able to do it, just to emphasize and bring to attention that our health is important. And I wasn't listening closely. What time of the year would that be? That would be the 1st of uh, March. Okay. Dr. Funberry, uh, Ray Thigpen, their committee are in charge of this, and this information will be being blasted out just as soon as we start finishing up the MLK program. And all of this information can be found again reiterating through social media NAACP website any of the leadership contacts uh, if we were looking for those phone numbers those numbers are on the website right everything you need uh, those numbers are on the website links to other organizations is on the website if you haven't been to the Texas County NAACP website. You just need to go there just to look around. We keep you updated on what's going on uh, throughout the country. And I must give a shout out to Barbara Sears because she does an excellent job of getting this information on the website and trying to keep everybody abreast as to what's going on. And like I said, she must be doing a good job because continuously our phone is ringing uh people trying to either get some information or some assistance and what is that website a text account of naacp all right professor jones we're gonna put a pin in it right there we're gonna go to a quick break um 
you're a man of influence, so I want you to talk to Dr. Charles Fortenberry and see when we're going to get him back on the show. Just ask him. Twist his arm. You know, do whatever you got to do. You know, you know how to push people and motivate them, so we'd like to get him back in. So I'm going to leave you I with that. Just by you saying that, he might be on that next week. Uh, okay, I'm looking forward to it. Sounds good. We're going to take a quick break. Y'all stick with us. The Sunday Show will continue with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm Agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. This year has many people pondering the question, am I prepared for life's unpredictable moments? 2020 definitely offers new proof that things can change in the blink of an eye. Before these random, accidental, or unpredictable moments happen, we are here to help you prepare for them, just as we've always been and always will be. This is State Farm Agent Derek McGarry. Please call us at 903-831-2000 or visit us at DerekIsMyAgent.com. Now back to the Sunday show with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. Welcome back to the show. We had Derek McGarry kind of get in there and get a commercial in. And, you know, a lot of folks are doing new things, being a new me, new mentality is how I phrased it. And I'm actually changing my insurance. And if I was still here in Texarkana, I would be going to Derek McGarry, but I figured since I'm not, I'm, 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 and I might regret that because now he might be the... <laughs> <laughs> He's going to call you. Yeah, he might, I might get a call from him. We got Professor Robert Jones with us. Um, Professor Jones, a lot of crazy stuff has happened this week. Um, one of the things that the NAACP is, has gone on record as doing is calling for the impeachment of President Trump. I don't know if you agree, disagree, or what your observations or thoughts are about this past week, or do we impeach somebody with uh, 11 days left in their in their administration? Well, you have to uh, be aware of the fact that the safety of the country is always paramount. Uh, one of the things that people have to be aware of if this process does get started only the part in the House can get done before President Biden takes office. So, and that's just the actual impeachment process. The trial is handled by the Senate, and it won't, can't even get started until after the 20th, which could be a long and drawn-out process. And so it would be something that started under one administration and ended under the other one. But... The, the concern is the safety of Americans and what type of things can happen. And you hear what people say and you look at their past action and you still wonder. So this is one of those catch-22. The average person would probably say, you know what, leave this man alone. Let him go out. Our best bet is that... Uh, uh, let him go and don't worry about it. But if you are an elected official, you have to look at this a little bit differently. Because if anything happens, who's going to be called to the carpet? Well, y'all knew he was unstable. Why didn't you do anything about it? So it's a catch-22 there, and I can see how things are leaning on both sides. But I know if I was in a position of leadership, I would probably be pushing for impeachment. As an average citizen, maybe not. You know, it's interesting, um, and and I don't necessarily want to defend people who voted for him, but I, I know enough of them to say that they're not necessarily bad people. They might have good intentions. They go about their vote the wrong way. But I guess the 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 
the flip I want to make of the pivot in our discussion is this. What do you think happens with the GOP? Because it was very much positioned to be Trump's GOP, like his his son said. Uh, and a couple of days later, post this, it looks like if he gets impeached again, he can't run again. They've taken his Twitter platform away from him. What do you think happens to the GOP? Is it still going to be Trump's GOP? Well, like I said, those lawless will forever. But we need to be aware of the fact that there were single issues that made people support. It wasn't the whole platform. If you were against abortion, it was almost like, I'm going to close my eyes against everything else. I have to support that party that's going to be against abortion. If you wanted to keep your guns, and the way they put that propaganda out there, the way they put it out there was almost like, I'm not going to look at everything else. I'm just going to support that particular party that uh, is in support of keeping guns. If you had money in the stock market. So when we start looking at this, I don't think we can paint all Republicans with that brush. Right. Because as I talked to folks, they were single issues as to why it was that they were supporting the Republican Party and in particular uh, supporting Donald Trump. And I said, well, what about you call yourself a Christian? What about all this other stuff? And they would say, well, Mr. Jones, I understand what you're saying, but I can't get beyond this issue right here. And so there are a whole bunch of people out here who are just, they said Donald Trump was the best thing that ever happened to them. But there are many, many, many Republicans who are just single issue uh, supporters of uh, Donald Trump. You know, we could almost have an entire show <laughs> focusing on evangelical Christian support of this idiot. I mean, because that's the yeah. part of everything that has happened in the past four years. That's what has blown my mind because it seems that it was a, it just seems like Christianity's, evangelical Christianity's brand has been damaged. And in my mind, I mean, for the in, entirety of a generation, I don't know how you could come back and earn my respect after the crap that I've seen that you've been a part of the last four Years. Well, and it'll be even interesting to see, I'd like to note, each of those state reps, when they come back home, what the move will be among the state's people. Because, you know, there's a decision ultimately right now, urgently uh, to be made regarding the current president. But what are the feelings, hopes and desires of the people back home? when you reset back home going further you know will those individuals be removed or are we just going to be at a constant where we are professor robert jones we need a 15 second 10 second maybe closing comment for you because we, we 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 we've exhausted all of our time well well once again people need to be aware of the fact that at 1 p.m on january the 18th monday the martin luther king holiday celebration we're going to have dr lauren robinson who is the vice president of medical affairs at Christus St. Michael as our keynote speaker. We're having her mainly because of the fact there's still a lot of issues out there in regards to the vaccine and other issues as it comes to the pandemic. And what we're out here to tell you what to do, but we want you to be aware of what the science says in regards to it. And she will also be alluding to some other things. Once again, HBCUs are coming to the forefront because she's a uh, Spelman alumnus. It's am amazing how HBCUs have been taking the rap for so many years. And now when we look at the main leadership as to who's coming out in the forefront, 
Uh, we're going to have top teams. We're going to have the scholars. Uh, we're going to have a candlelighting ceremony. It's going to be on Facebook. It's going to be on YouTube because we found out that Zoom, you got to have a link. We don't want anybody to struggle to be able to say they couldn't get in. So you can go to the Greater Texas County Branch uh, Facebook page and watch this program. You can go to our YouTube channel and watch this program. It's going to be accessible. It's going to hopefully bring all of Texas County together, Texas County, Arkansas, and Texas County, Texas, because we need to come together as a city and as a people. And no other way to get the year started out uh, on, on track is by celebrating that man who tried to bring everybody together, who was Dr. Martin Luther King. All right. With that said, we had another amazing show. We had amazing guests. I don't know if we get a guest as good as Robert Jones again, okay? Uh, give ten, ask for 10, 15 seconds, you get two or three minutes, but that's how it is. But that is all for this edition of the show. We hope that you have enjoyed the Sunday show, and we'll be back next week with another amazing show. Now, on behalf of myself, Philip, and all of the great and wonderful people here at Texarkana Radio, thanks for being our listeners and for being kind enough to tune into our show. Remember, you're listening to KTOY Radio 104.7. 7FM, the station that cares about the quality of your life, the soul of the city. If you want to appear on the show, please contact myself, LaMoya Burks, at 903-244-3997. Please keep in mind that we schedule guests a month in advance. Again, please give me a call, 903-244-3997, advance of, for your desired telecast. All right, I got a closing quote that is courtesy of Barack Hussein Obama. He uh, he gave this quote at the 2016 DNC Democratic National Commi- uh, Convention. He said, democracy doesn't work if we constantly demonize each other. For progress to happen, we have to listen to each other, see ourselves in each other, fight for our principles, but also fight to find common ground, no matter how elusive that may seem. Enjoy your week. We love you. Bye. The Sunday Show will return next Sunday morning from 9 to 10. If you have questions, contact Dee Dee Woods, ddwoods56 at AOL.com. The views and opinions expressed during the Sunday Show are not necessarily the views or opinions of Texarkana Radio Center. <laughs>